Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. He alone is God. How many of you believe that? Amen. Amen. It's wonderful to worship and lift up the name of the living God through Jesus Christ. Uh, just a few uh, quick household items. Uh, don't forget that in June, uh, we will be doing our second missionary office. Is that the second one? Second one. Second one for this year for our work that we're doing in Malawi uh, to strengthen and Pastor Manda, uh, who is the leader of Christ Care Ministries and the pastor of the church there that we're helping support. will be here hanging with us and will be communicating with us. So we're going to have a great, 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 great time. And so uh, be lifting up that time and that opportunity for us to uh, maximize the opportunity to serve our brothers and sisters and us to do what we're called to do in going into all the world and making disciples. Amen? Amen. 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 Also, uh, uh, I'm excited about our 33 series that we're taking the men through. Uh, Men, 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 if you haven't been coming to that, you're missing out on a great opportunity to, to to strategically grow as a man. And so uh, we are still into making men into men and women into women as we grow. That wasn't enough. All I heard was Sister D. Seemed like y'all ain't into that, but Jesus is into that. So, you know, y'all can, you know, thank you, Sister D. Bless you, sis. Uh, I'm I'm, going to give her that money I owe her for that amen she just gave me. But, um, but, but, but But it's great to be able to see us on a biblical trajectory of growing in those different areas. And for those who are able to come ice cream truck. Don't y'all run outside now. You liable to hear police, ambulances, ice cream truck. Okay. Soundproof this joint. But, um, and so, and so we want to, we want to keep that in mind as we develop and grow, keep Camp Hope in mind. Also keep Thriving's Frequency Conference. That's going to be open to everyone. It's not going to be just for people going into ministry, but it's also going to be about Christians as they develop as believers and grow in every single area of their life. And so be on the lookout for all the information that's coming forth uh, with that that's coming up in the near future. All right? Without any further ado, let's stand to our feet and dive into this text. We're going to deal with a whole chapter today, uh, verses 1 through 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, thank you. Verses 1 through 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's go. Verse 1, and I'm going to go. You keep going. Now concerning food offered to idols... We know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Keep going.
Amen, amen, amen. In this uh, next installment here of our series through 1 Corinthians, line by line, precept upon precept, um, I want to talk about today in our series of It's Time to Grow Up. Uh, I want to talk about life is bigger than me. Life is bigger than me. Why don't you look at somebody beside you and tell them, do you know that life is bigger than you? They're not feeling you. They, they ignored you. Go, go to the person on the other side of you and say, hey, 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 I, I want to talk to you for a second. Life is bigger than you. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. All right, all right, all right. I see somebody about to come to blows. Don't come to blows. Let's come on back. Let's come on back. Let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, uh, that is a statement that should be tattooed on all of us, that life is not about us. And, and, and until we recognize and learn that, we won't begin to maximize our relationship with you. And so God, and even with one another, so God, come through this place and sweep through and break sacred cows in our soul. Uh, things that we, we hold on to that, 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 that we, wanna, we wanna have every single, just like we talked about in the song, at the center of it all. Help us to apply that by hearing the word and doing the word, by maximizing and lifting up Jesus as the greatest one of all in our lives. And so, Lord God, in order to walk with you and in order to live for you, we need power from heaven. We need what you promised in your covenant that you would give us your spirit and cause us to walk in your statutes. And so, God, today, blow today, blow with heaven's reign and heaven's might and heaven's power that makes preaching easy uh, uh, and touch our hearts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength, our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, I was with some gentlemen the other day and we were with some younger guys sort of hanging out and it, it, it's, it's always funny uh, when someone gets older, and they begin to tell the younger generation about how things weren't like their generation in their day. You ever been around that conversation? Wasn't like that in our day, you know what I'm saying? And back in my day, what we used to do is we used to see, y'all don't even know nothing about that, do you? Y'all don't even know nothing about that, do you? See, the way y'all act and just go off, you know what I'm saying? But in all actuality, the generation before that generation told that generation the same thing. Right? In other words, every generation comes along and their genera- every generation wiles out. Let me just let you know that. Every generation is wild and got issues. But what happens is one generation, they get older and seasoned a little something, something. Then the younger generation come up, then they go off on the next generation over and over and over and over again. But I do believe that, in, I do believe that our generation, this generation, I, I, I guess you could call it under the age of 50, it, it is, um, has a different season of freedoms that I think is a major gap, um, if you will, between like past Johns. I think we had like, we went 10 generations forward in one generation. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. And, 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 and what has happened is, is our culture now is deeply defined by freedom. Deeply, you can't look at any, you can't pick up Time Magazine, you can't pick up The Source Magazine, you know, for those of you who went back in the day, Hood Ministry, you can't pick up Right On Magazine, 
You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Uh, right on Magazine, Ebony Magazine, Newsweek, National Geographic, People. Some, in some way, shape, or form, something about defending a so-called freedom is heavily involved uh, in every single sector of our society in a day that, that, that Christians, we have to recognize and be careful of how we define freedom. See, as a believer, we don't define freedom by taking off restraints. That's, that's not how we define freedom. See, 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 when you're not in Christ, you don't have any freedom. You just think it is. You don't. You ain't, you're not free. You can't choose God. You can't walk with God. You can't do right. Even your right is not right because you're trying to be right without the righteous one. So therefore, you're in bondage, right? So you have bound, boundness, right? But when you become a believer, you, 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 have, you now have your will taken out of bondage, and now you're able to do both say yes and to say no. See, now most of us think yes means freedom, but in Christ, no is also freedom, also. Because before you met Jesus, you weren't able to say no the same way you can say no that now that you have Jesus or now that he has you. And, and, so, and so true freedom is not found in how far you go, but it's found in who has set you free. And when you see your freedoms as both being chained to Christ and his people and committed to that purpose, you won't be able to grow spiritually in any single sector of your life. So we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, which marks a new section of our series where we're going to go through about chapter 10, maybe a little bit of chapter 11, but mainly, mainly 8 through 10. And he's shifting uh, uh, from the uh, sexual maturity conversation from chapters 5 uh, through 7 to now a freedom conversation. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, it does go in chapter 11 now that I think about it. But, this, but, but he's trying to help immature Christians to understand a biblical theology of freedom. Uh, um, and, and, and so he's going down through this passage and developing this idea about how to put restraints on freedom, which, which again means life has to be bigger than me. So it brings me to my first point and only point for today. Mature Christians, mature Christians serve the spiritual growth of others. Mature Christians, now I'm talking about mature ones now, view their life as a service to others. Paul says, now concerning, he says, right, he says, now concerning food offered to idols. Now Paul is beginning with this section, and even though he's dealing with a specific issue of idols, those of you who don't know, idols is worshiping, giving anything in your life the place that God deserves. That's an idol. That's an idol. That means uh, anything in your life can be an idol. But, but here he's talking specifically about, uh, about a type of idol system that they had set up in, in Corinth. He says, now concerning food offered to idols. He says, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Now, they're, they're, they're talking to each other about their knowledge. In, in other words, what, what you have here are believers who got through too much theology for their phase of spiritual development. Okay, y'all, yeah, okay. In, 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 in other words, they're spiritually immature, but they're theologically informed. Okay? And so, and so, and so what happens is, is you, you, you got to be careful when you have 
a hyper level of spiritual immaturity and a great level of theological accumulation and biblical knowledge, not because you shouldn't seek knowledge, but what you'll begin to do is you'll begin to give yourself a spiritual maturity that doesn't exist. In, in, in other words, you'll say you're mature because you think you know so much. So you'll base your spiritual maturity not on application but information. Okay, and so and so, uh, information without application leads to inflammation. And so, in light of that, and so, in light of that, what he begins trying to help them to, to kind of grasp is is that you're not spiritually mature based on what you've been exposed to biblically. You're spiritually mature by how God has nurtured that into the matrix of your soul. It's hard to tell somebody to think they know everything to help them to be teachable. Because even if you're trying to jam them up about their application on a particular area of their life, because they know it, they think they're doing it, when in all actuality, you know about it, you don't know it. Now, now this is the challenge, though. People who are spiritually immature accumulate information without deepening their relationship with God. But see, see, people who are spiritually immature, that, that I remember my first, my first semester Greek uh, at, at Dallas Seminary, and, and when we got through our first Greek class, it was a monster. And, and, and Daniel Wallace uh, uh, said, said in the class, he said, he said, y'all know just enough Greek to be dangerous. In other words, you don't know what you're doing yet, so don't go off popping off the gums about what you think you know about Greek. Just keep on taking the classes until you're able to use it, Okay. And, 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 so, and so we must be extremely careful of this. And so we had Corinthians that were parading around utilizing their theological information inappropriately and just going off, uh, off beyond their spiritual bandwidth. He says, this knowledge builds up or, or, or puffs up, but love builds up. Now, now, what, now he says, this is how you balance your spiritual growth with your knowledge base. Interact with people. When you interact with people, you have to meet, your theology has to say, I love you. <laughs> See, some of us are just argumentative. See, when you come around, it doesn't grow nobody. When you come around, I mean, you, you got every book from Erdman's, IVP Press, a crossway, lifeway, no way, highway, everywhere on the planet, you got an application Bible, you got a, 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 a what's, what's the name, you got a life application, you got, you got the MacArthur Study Bible, you got the ESV Study Bible, you got the New Open Bible, you got the Bible for Survival, you got the, you got the Missionary Bible, you got the Women's Bible, you got the Men's Bible, I mean, you got every single type of Bible and, and, and your soul isn't as fat as those Bibles are. See, 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 people don't know that when you, when you come in the midst of the believers, you start controversy. It doesn't further people's spiritual growth. It just messes folk up. Okay, let me, let me see if I can make it plain. Cancer, my wife's had cancer three times. Cancer, cancer in the body is a growth, but it's an abnormal growth. So a cancer can get bigger, 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 but cancer doesn't add anything to the body. It takes what God has created and takes away from the body. That's what makes people sick from cancer. 
It's rerouting energy for right things, for the wrong thing, and while it's taking from it, it's destroying it. See, people with knowledge, without spiritual maturity and love for other people are a cancer to the body. Because all they do is take this spiritual energy that was meant for the things of God and reroute it to themselves. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. It's okay. He said, he said, he said, so he says, knowledge, knowledge puffs up. In other words, it, 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 it makes you look like you're bigger than you actually are. It actually points to the idea of leaven. Leaven is like yeast. Like when you, when you bake a cake, it's really flat. But what yeast and all of that does, it makes it rise and makes it bigger than it is. That's why in the midst of heat, if you make too much noise, it'll drop down. Y'all ain't going to hear me right there. In, 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 other, in other words, because it, it, can't, it can't stand anything shaking it while it's trying to falsely grow under this yeast. And so, and, so, and, so, and, so, and so what has to happen with the body is we have to begin to see love in relation to information. We have to see knowledge not separated from a relationship with Christ. When you separate information from a relationship, it causes destruction. And then what you have is a selfish journey. Okay? And so, and so, and so Paul begins challenging and implementing and challenging the people of God on this. Verse 2, he says, if anyone imagines that he knows something. I like this verse. He does not yet know as he ought to know. He says, you don't know nothing. He says, you don't even really know nothing. He said, he said you're just running after trying to apply stuff. But it's, it's, like, it's like Proverbs 1, 7 says. It says, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. It's interesting that there in, in the, beginning, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God points to the idea of, of standing in awe of the reality of who God is. So that when you get knowledge, you love God, not the knowledge. And so, and so, and so, and so when, you, when you're getting the knowledge, you're walking with God because the information is only as valuable as the one giving the information. And so, and so if you don't know him, you don't know anything, even if you know the verse. That's what the verse says in verse 2. Say, if you know information about God but don't know him and you know the information about him, you don't know anything. That's what he just said. So, so he's trying, he's, he said, so you can't, you can't disconnect that's, that's what they, you can't disconnect that from relationship. That's why it, it, it's, it's just very, very important because relationship impacts your soul. Verse 3, he says, but if anyone loves God, he is known by him. Yeah. So he deepens it on relationship, that it's all about, it's, it's all about being known by the living God. That's why, that's why when the disciples, Jesus sent the disciples out, and Jesus said, how did it go? He said, how did it go? They said, oh, man, you should have seen them demons, Jesus. I mean, I said your name, demons, was booking down the street. That's my old school. He's running down the street, rather. Um, and they, 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 I mean, they tell him all these stories, and Jesus just stands back and hears all of the stories. He says, don't be impressed by the fact that some demons came out. He said, be impressed with the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In, 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 in other words, it's better to be known by God, not to just know about God. Now, all of this has a lot to do with what he's going to say in this text. Because when you love God, you love his people, and you're going to be around biblical Christianity, not creating your own type of histianity. There's a difference between the two. And so he says, 
But if anyone loves God, he's known by God. Now check this out, verse 4. And then he goes into the, he starts going into the specific issue. He says, therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. So now he's quoting them. So what they're doing is they're using their knowledge of prolegomena or the beginning teachings about God to emphasize, because they learned it in their little new members classes, so now they're running with it. Because they want to apply it in a particular way. They got some information. They got the covenant community booklet. Now it's helping them break down some theology that they ain't heard. You know what I'm saying? And so now they know a little something, something, right? And so that's what they're quoting. He said, and I know, he said, and that's right theology. He affirms that. He affirms that there is, there is, there's no real idol, even though in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 20 through about the 25th verse, he's going to talk about the demonic entities that are beyond, that are behind idols, Right? But he's going to, he, he, says, he says here, and, and that there is no God but one. So there's only one real God, even though there are false gods out there, right? Verse 5, he says, for although there may be a, a so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. And so, and so he goes down and says in verse 6, he says, he says, yet for us there is one God. He said, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist. This is dope. I like the way he adds, for whom we exist. Okay? And then he says, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. And so he's affirming the Godhead. So he's affirming a good theology of recognizing because they're using the information to talk about God created everything so I should be able to enjoy whatever. So you got to understand what's going on in this passage. What's going on is Christians, uh, before a lot of, it was idolatry was rampant in their society. And there are, a lot, there are temples in different cities. And all of these temples that are in, in uh, different cities, uh, what will happen is, is their temples were different than ours. They were like, you know, they, they were like warm daddies meets Buddhism, right? Or warm daddies meets Hinduism. I mean, so they, they, they had, they had idol, idols in the temple, you know what I'm saying? And then they had, but, they, but it was a restaurant at the same time. And then they had live music, you know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. So, and you got to understand in their society, people didn't eat a lot of meat in their society. And so, and so meat, most people were vegan and vegetarian. Naturally, they weren't by choice. It was just the way things were. And so they only ate meat in temples. And so what happened was is when they would go to these temples and idols would be set up, when the priest or priestesses would come up, they would sacrifice the animal, and then it was an open grill. And so they would say, you know, they put some spare ribs on the grill, you know what I'm saying? They put some ribeyes on the grill, you know what I'm saying? Some lamb chops and, and, and hog maws and all of this on the grill. You know what I'm saying? And so they grill openly in there, you know, cat killing it on the grill, music going, worship going around, you know, him dicing everything up on the griddle and everything. And so, but it was to the honor, the slaying and the cooking of the animal was to the glory of that particular God of that temple. And so a lot of them were worshipers of these gods. So what happened was when Christians found out them ain't real gods, they were like, shoot, they ain't real gods, but I am going in there and get me some spare ribs. I ain't, I'm going in there. I'm going. They was like, I'm going to get me ribeye ministry. I'm going to get me porterhouse love. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah, I'm going in there. We serve God, high five, and they go in. But what was happening was is that there were believers 
Look at the verse. Watch, watch what he says in verse. He says in verse 7, he says, however, not all possess this knowledge. What knowledge? That when you go into the temple, that those are not true gods. He said, every, he's, not that they don't know the information, but God hasn't worked in their heart enough to see the separation between that deity and the glory of him who created the food that's there. So for that person, that was sacrificed to an idol because they can't relate with separating the two because that hasn't come into their heart for them to have the freedom, the freedom to do that. But then there were some Christians using their knowledge of the freedom that Christ gives to just say, I don't care how any of you react to what I'm going to do. I'm going to go. And they told him, they said, I'm struggling. And, and I mean, it was. The, and so what Paul begins to say, he says, he says, but some through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So what is the conscience? The conscience is the place in which you, your values are informed. If your values aren't informed by truth from the scriptures, based on a relationship with God, it's def- it, whatever is informing it currently will convict it. Are you tracking with me? And, 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 and so as he begins to do that, he begins to let them know that you can call somebody else to go back out into things that they used to be into, but don't want to, that shouldn't be into because they haven't grown to the point to see that. And later on, Paul's going to say, as a matter of fact, you haven't grown enough either. And so I'm going I'm to I'm just say this. And you can get mad at me all you want, because we're going to bring this up to today. Um... You know, many of us express our freedoms in a way that I think is a challenge for others. Y'all real quiet right now. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not saying you can't drink. I ain't saying you can't drink. I ain't saying you can't have a cigar. I ain't saying, now, now I'm going to just tell you, what, I'm going to just give you a story. I went to this event. I went to this event. And man, a bunch of believers there. You know, libations is in the mist. Um, all, I'm like, okay, praise God, whatever. Um, you know, libation ministry and, you know, cigar situations and, okay, cool. Smoke it just, but then somebody brought out a, a hookah. Now, not a hooker. <laughs> so I know some of y'all are gonna be like, the devil is a liar, Pastor. You should have read, ha! I'm gonna get my oil right now, Pastor. The devil, right? <laughs> A hookah. It's a big old thingamajiggle with water in it and different flavors of, uh, 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 it, somebody said it's a bong. It is, I ain't even going to go there. I don't, I don't even want to know how you know that was like a bong. Um, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Heard that loud. Um, and so the, the believers out there, people know we believers, and cats was looking around, ain't that good? That's pineapple flavor. That's strawberry. You know, and I'm just, me and my, and me and my wife, you know, I, I'm not against, I'm not against, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not a legal, we're not legalists here. We do, we do, we're against overindulgence and, uh, but, but, but what, what, what was going on is, it was almost like when people were struggling, it was sort of like, get over it. It's like, you need to grow up. It was, they didn't say that, but the attitude towards it wasn't a caring, because I'm telling you, for me, the, the, the hookah situation just remind me of when, you know, 
We used to be in the room with the black lights, Bob Marley on, and I'm re-rolling Kakowski and Wickle Kilke, boom, puff, puff, pass. That's what it reminded me of. You know, so I was, just, I was wrestling with, it just looked like weed was up in the joint. You know what I'm saying? I was like, they smoking weed up in the, the water, not the water bong, um, the, the hookah. See, I, y'all don't know all my history, don't just pray for me. But, I mean, I was wrestling, but it was almost like, it, it was almost this, this, I mean, I was like literally struggling with it. But it was, but it was like this disposition of n- not caring. And I'm not saying you can't drink. I'm going to tell y'all this is the pastors, I'm not in promoting it either. Um, um, but I'm not saying you can't drink. I'm not saying you can't smoke cigars. I'm not saying you can't go to certain concerts. Now, I'm just telling y'all, certain concerts I can't go to. Uh, okay, can I give an example? Can I give an example? Show of hands, can I give an example? As a single man, I know I couldn't go. Because, see, I got to have something to go home to after that concert. Okay, now, I'm just telling you, can I be straight up? Okay, I got to have a wife. Let me, just say, let me do it. Okay. You can't go, like, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying, Jill Scott and Maxwell, I'm just, I don't see, singles, I love y'all to death. I don't see how you do it. Now, I'm not telling you you're wrong, but then you take somebody else with you, and then y'all are in a situation. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just saying, and I, you know what? You know what? I even, I, listen, I, I'm going to bring this home and say, um, even my frat, I'm a part of a fraternity. I denounced it before. I'll denounce it again. God has given me freedom to engage in it, but there are things in it. I was with the brush yesterday, and there are things in my fraternity that I will not be a part of. There are rituals that I will not be a part of. There is, there is I'm not going to be a part of it. Now, am I going to love it? Now, and I'm going to tell you what I say to God in my broken heart. I say, God, hold on, before I get there, I want to say one more thing. Now, these are the ones that's clear. Now, masonry and Easter star, that's, that's the devil. Now, y'all get mad at the, 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 it's straight up devil worship. I tell you that for what I know, not from what I heard, okay? Get mad at me, fight me at the door, God bless you, I'll turn the other cheek and give you some sugar. But I'm just letting you know, I'm just letting you know it's straight demonic. So I'm not giving you freedom to be demonic. I'm giving you free, I'm just talking to you about freedom that Christ gives that has a borderline to it that you need to be careful of and have, see some of y'all Instagrams, like, I, 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 again, I, I ain't got a problem with you drinking, smoking. I, I, this wasn't my issue. It's like 20 of y'all. Then, 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 this the hashtag. Turn down for what? Y'all know what I'm telling Don't lie to me. Y'all know what I'm telling the truth. And what happens is, is your Instagram, it's, one, it's a brother I got, he got cigars on his Instagram, and I'm like, where's, like, I, I'm just, like, what's the promotion here? Like, like, like where is the, like, I, I'm just lost. Like, if all your Instagrams is a margarita, we about to turn up. Oh, it's the weekend now. You know, Ciroc time. You know, if everything, you know, I'm getting <laughs> shot time. Oh, we're going wine. T- like, if all of that, like, is, that's what you're known for. Like, like I, I, I just don't know. Like, like I, 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 this is my, this is my, this is how I want to walk with God. I want to walk with God in a way 
that says, whatever needs to go, I'm willing to let go. If, if my brother and sister in Christ can't handle it, they had an alcoholic family and we got libations all out and they're wrestling with it in a Christian context. Do we need to have a Bible study with them or do we need to pour it down the drain? And let's, let's, go over, let's go over the scriptures, see, because see all legalistic. Ain't nobody say nothing about legalism. Legalism it has, legalism is what you base your righteousness on. We're not talking about basing your righteousness on not drinking. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about because of Christ's righteousness, there's nothing that you let stand in the way of the growth of a brother or the witness of Christianity in the world. Ain't nobody talking about legal, you're so legalistic, y'all always got to, we ain't talking about rules. We talking about, we talking about love. The love, love, love. Paul goes down and he says, "But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak." To the weak, he says, verse ten. For if anyone sees you who have, and it's almost like in quotations, knowledge. He said, "Knowledge eating." In, in an idle temple, will he not be encouraged? The word means to be reverse edified, literally, like edified in a wrong direction, right? Because the word encourage there is edification, build up, building them up, not in Christ, but building them up in being, in, in being adventurous in areas of struggle. That, that, like, 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 like being adventurous, you don't, you don't want to push the envelope of how far... You can go. Oh, let me just keep going. Um, he said, if your conscience is weak to eat food offered from idols, he said, verse 11, he said, and so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ has died, thus sinning. It didn't say you made an accident. It said sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience. When it is weak, your sin, you sin against Jesus Christ. So when, when your freedom, this is not 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it's two totally different scenarios. This is not the same thing. Because he doesn't call anything in 1 Corinthians 12 a sin except for doing something outside of faith. Not the same thing. So he says, you sin against Christ. He says, therefore, if meat makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat again lest I make my brother stumble. When you're a Christian... You're ruled by freedom in Christ, not selfish freedom. You got to begin to ask yourself. You got to begin to ask yourself. You got to begin to ask yourself, am I willing? And this goes to a bigger heart issue. It's a bigger heart issue. It says, God, I'm free in this area, but am I willing to stop exercising my freedom or do my freedom in discretion so that my brother or sister in Christ won't be put, because freedom doesn't sanctify. 
so you don't sanctify your brother and sister by exposing them to what could hurt them. That, that's, that, that's not love. That's not love. That's not love. I remember sister back in the day, she said, Pastor, I want to start a, a ministry to strippers. I said, well, you go ahead. I said, I'm not going. And no men can either. The brothers was like, I want to be a part. I said, Doc, you can't be a part of that ministry. I said, but you can go out there and minister to them, and that's not an area of liberty for us. She can go minister to them, but she's ministering to women strippers. I'm just saying all that to say, like, what in your life, what in your life will you give up for Christ? What in your life? Is your life yours or his? Will you lay your life down for him? That's why we talk about the local church so much here and the importance of it and the importance of being in community and relationships and global missions and church. Because we want, to, we, we want Epiphany Fellowship to not be known for the people who extend their liberties to the extent of their liberties. Amen. I was talking to somebody after, after the day. He said, yeah, I, 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 say, I say, you heard about blah, blah, blah. He said, yeah, I heard about it. I'm like, a reputa- who wants a reputation to be the drinking church? That's, I mean, that's, that's what we want? Don't look at me crazy. That's what you want? Do we want to be known for the people who love Jesus Christ and will lay down anything to walk with him? And that starts by all of our choosing to not flaunt ourselves, but flaunt Christ. Christ died. Christ, listen, this is what Christ did. In heaven, glorious heaven, with his pops, Holy Spirit everywhere, people are chanting his name all day. All day. Calling him nicknames like holy and stuff like that. They made up hooks. 24 elders before him all the time. Being clothed, uh, uh, seraphim and cherubim all around him. And he had a right to be there. Had a right to be there. Had a right to stay there. He did not have to come. But he, he utilized his liberty. He utilized it. He had the liberty to come to earth under God's command. And live in the earth that he created. He had to sweat for the first time. He got tired for the first time. Had to go to bed. All these different things. He had to be cared for. The God who created everything submitted himself for 33 years to the place that he created. And it wasn't because he had to or even, he, he didn't have to. And he said, I'm going to go down there. Not for, I, don't, I don't need to come to earth. I don't need to come to earth. But I'm going to go to earth for them. And I'm going to die on a cross for their sins, and I'm going to forsake my enjoyment and my liberties in heaven for them. You want to make it real practical? Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm fasting from wine. That's what it says in the Bible. He said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink it with my bride in glory. So even Jesus took a break. Oh, don't look at me funny. He's taking a break now, and the next time he drinks is going to be with us. 
where he stands up off his throne and somebody's going to pour him a glass of wine. For the first time, he's going to hold it in the air. And then Moses may say, excuse me, Jesus, I, can I just start off the toast? And he may say, I, I just want to toast to you, Jesus Christ. I want to toast to you for it's an honor and privilege to be here with you, to drink your first sip of wine for thousands upon thousands of years. And I want to thank you for keeping us stupid people in the wilderness. And then, then Abraham's going to stand up. He's going to say, I just want to give a toast to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for calling me out of the land of Ur and making me the father of nations. And, and then David's going to stand up, and he's going to grab his cup. And David's going to stand up, and David's going to say, thank you. I, I deserve death for my adultery. But you're so rich in mercy and so gracious that you allow me to sit at the table with you. And then Daniel's going to stand up. And when Daniel stands up, he said, he said, he said, we were in the lions. I was in the lions then. He said, and I, I was scared to death. And I was down there all night with lions, and you didn't let them touch me. Thank you, Jesus. And then old grandmama's going to get up. And grandmama's going to say, you are God all by yourself. And you don't need nobody else. People are going to get up all over heaven, toasting to the glory of Christ. And then now he said, this is my body, which was given for you. Let us drink together. And all of us are going to drink together. And then out comes the horse, and here he comes, coming back to earth. And we're going to be enjoying heaven's wine, coming back to earth for him to set up his kingdom. And you'll be able to drink for eternity. You have the liberty to be with him for eternity. Why not for a season? Open up your life like his. And say, God, I'm yours. I'm not mine. What do you want me to do? I'm willing to get rid of it. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. Honor you and bless you for your mercy and your grace. That we're willing to love our brothers and sisters in a loving way. Your people. Your people. And to be able to live our life for them by living it for you. And God, I praise you and honor you for first putting us in community with you to be able to be in a relationship with you forever. And Lord, I pray for uh, us today that we would be known for you. And Lord God, that we would use everything in our sphere that you freed us to enjoy to glorify you just as long as it continues to glorify you in our hands. And so God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would touch us today and that we would be a people that hungers for being like you, hungers for loving you, and hungers to walk with you every single day of our life. In Jesus' mighty name, every head bow, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins and who died on the cross for our sins so that we wouldn't have to be separated from God forever in hell. But Christ had the sins past, present, and future placed on him and he was crucified and died and was buried and was raised from the grave on the third day, paying for our sins. And that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. We'd love to talk to you 
about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Slip your hand up in the air. We'd love to talk to you about the gospel. Anyone, anyone here today, if you say, I know if I died today, I wouldn't be in God's presence. I know I don't have a relationship with him. I've grown up in the church. I've grown up in the church, but I don't know that I know that I know that I know him as Savior. Somebody say, I'm, I didn't grow up in the church, and I'm, I'm far away from the peaceful shore of these things that you were talking about in relation to Christ's death and Christ's resurrection, and I want to embrace him as Savior and Lord of my life in the balcony, on the floor. Is it anybody here that says you want to put your confidence in Christ today for eternal salvation? Slip your hand in the air so that we can talk to you about Jesus. Where you sit, we implore you, be born again. We implore you, be born again. Anyone here today that says, I want to put my confidence in Jesus Christ. Amen. If, if, if anyone is here and they say, um, I know that I don't, I, don't, I don't have a, I'm a believer, I have a relationship with Christ, but I don't have a church home. And I, I, I do need to be, like, like you talked about biblically, being in relationships with other believers and growing with them and being strengthened by them and, and, and being a strengthener of them and an encourager to them. If you're here today and you want to you wanna be a part of Epiphany Fellowship as your church home, uh, just slip your hand in the air. We'd love to talk to you about that and sign you up for Covenant Community. Anybody? Anybody here today? Because I want to make Epiphany Fellowship my church home. Any, anyone? I see that hand. I see that hand. Why don't you come up for us? Why don't you come on up? We want to pray for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you for priming the pump. Anybody else? Anybody else that wants to make Epiphany Fellowship their church home? Slip your hand in the air. We'd love to talk to you about that. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Father, we thank you for this time, and we pray that you touch us as our men come, and as our men come to, to, to serve you and to reflect you and laying out the fact that you died for us and that you're coming back again. Help us to celebrate your death with joy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.